0: And I'm so passionate about sharing with you the stories of these entrepreneurs and organizational leaders who have impact. They're inspiring and energizing role models. And I hope you use what you learn here to be inspired about what you can do in your business and beyond. Today's guest in this podcast series on impact is Greg Lavoie. Greg is the innovative and groundbreaking author of the book Vital Signs, The Nature and Nurture of Passion, and also Callings, Finding and Following an Authentic Life. Callings, which, by the way, is an amazing book, was rated among the top 20 career publications by the Workforce Information Group, and it's used as a text in graduate programs in management and organizational leadership. Greg's a lecturer and seminar leader in the business, educational, Governmental, faith based, and human potential arenas, and he's keynoted and presented workshops for many organizations, including the Smithsonian Institution, which really intrigued me, uh, Microsoft, and American Express. So, welcome, Greg. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for joining me in the podcast today. My
1: pleasure. Delighted to be here.
0: So, what is it that, that drew you to do this work that you're doing? You've, you've been a writer for a long time. I know you were a journalist originally, but now you're, uh, you're really, your business is really growing out of the work that you're doing as an author. How did you come to this, and, and what is it that is so compelling for you about it? Hmm.
1: Well, I would say what drew me to the work as a speaker and a workshop leader is probably the same thing that drew me to being a writer, and that was the urge to communicate um, and the love of teaching and, of course, just the, the creative impulse itself, which is ultimately, I think, about getting whatever is on the inside out. Um, I, I suppose part of it is just the desire to share my ideas, my visions and certainly my gifts with other people and I guess ultimately to be of service. Um, There's this wonderful quote by a theologian named Frederick Buechner, um, which many people have probably heard, um, where he says that you need to look for the place where your deep gladness meets the world's deep hunger. And that's where you find the sense of calling. And um, I, I think that's what I'm looking for, is to find that place where my deep gladness, my passion, my fascination... Um, meets a place where the world is hungry and and in need. Um, I suppose also that as a writer, I want to take my books down off the shelf and bring them into real people's lives in real time. Um, And I think that part of why that appeals to me is that among other things, not just being of service, but I get to continue learning myself because it's one thing to write about passion and calling. And it's another to live it. And, and I've learned a lot about, um, uh, I've just simply learned a lot about these subjects by taking these ideas of mine into the mosh pits of other people's lives, <laughs> you know, and seeing what works and what doesn't and how people wrestle with it and, and how well the material translates and to really make it absolutely real for people, um, and then of course there's you know what drew me to the work is just like everybody else i need to f- find a way to make a living with my ideas and my gifts and my visions and just generate multiple streams of income
0: i i love that constellation of things and i and i i really love that quote as well that you shared about um and and also you, the aspect of bringing what you have written into people's lives a lot of writers are are content to just put their the word out which is perfectly fine for them and and uh, but i know for you it's been a really big deal to actually work with people in the realms that you were writing about. And I've, I've been, it's, it was a great uh, pleasure for me to be in one of your workshops. It was a great experience. And often it's putting these ideas into action, especially when you're dealing at the level of passion or creativity or authenticity. And I think that's part of what makes what you do so unique.
1: Wow, thank you. I appreciate that. I think also what uh, what the workshops tend to do for people is to throw them into community with some of the challenges that they have. So they're not trying to figure this out all by themselves
0: yeah and having that connection in the workshops is uh, is a really powerful aspect too and helping people put what you've written about into action in their own lives because it obviously really resonates with them your your workshops are really well received so thank you yeah how how is your uh, how do you think your values come into play in the work that you do i i Personally, I feel that um, the impact that you have in your work and in your greater life is a big, it's a real reflection of your values. Do you yeah. Do you agree with that?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, I would even um, put a little t- a spin on that and say that um, the impact that I've managed to have, such as it is with my work in the world, has also been a function, I think, of uh, really coming to understand the value that my work, my service has in the world, in other people's lives. And I think that that really helped me in terms of marketing myself and being willing to pull myself up to my desk mm-hmm. uh, to do the marketing part. Um, it helped me to ask for more money for my work because I really l- I did some work with this m- many years ago to really land in the value that my work has in people's lives, so that that's another little twist on the on the value piece, but so you're asking how how what I do in the world is a reflection of my own values?
0: Yeah, and I, I mean b- before we go into that i I just wanted to say I think that that uh, journey of really embracing the value that you bring is such a big part of uh, the work that we do in the world it's it's a real uh, it, it's not just it's not just creative self expression, although that's obviously a big part of it. But it's also what kind of how do you value it yourself? Because you, it's very hard right. it's very hard to allow other people to value something when you're having trouble doing that for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So so yeah, I I actually was asking about um what how your values have come into play in the in your. The business aspect of what you do and in the work that you do?
1: Well, um, so here's something that, that comes to mind. Um, I'm, I'm a big believer in the importance of having a service mentality about whatever we do, whatever we offer, products or services, whether we're selling widgets or worldviews, you know, is, is a sense of service about it. And so here's an example where I think there's a, where I try to keep a match. Um, before every speaking gig, I sit quietly somewhere and remind myself that people are not here to see me. <laughs> you know, this, they're here to learn something about themselves. And, uh, and if I can help them to do that, then they'll walk away with something of value. You know, and sometimes uh, before like a keynote address, the only place that I'm able to find a moment like that of of some a little bit of privacy and solitude is actually sitting on a toilet seat in a stall in the men's room. <laughs> which which in retrospect is I realized is so appropriate. Ultimately I'm trying to work with my ego, which wants to believe that it's all about me and that people are coming to my workshops and my lectures and and whatnot and reading my books in order to to listen to me hold forth. But I don't really think that that's the case. I think people are there to learn something about themselves and that reflects the values about the, that I have about the work that I do, which is just to continually remind myself that ultimately this really is about service, not self aggrandizement, you know, which is, um, a work in progress, you know, because the ego would prefer it the other way around and the ego is relentless. So there's, there's one example. Let me see. It was another one that crossed my mind um oh yeah uh, let me see if i can articulate this um my work is also a reflection of my values in that i don't believe in pulling my punches with myself or with other people and i think that for instance the work of honoring passions and purposes and personal power for that matter um this is formidable work and i think it requires a certain cussed determination to look inside and face what you find there or what you hear there in terms of marching orders and to, to approach them with a minimum of of illusions and um this is de- this is an acquired taste of that but there was one but <laughs> you know i, I think among, it. <laughs> yeah yeah definitely and i think among the most um satisfying and gratifying responses I get to my work in the world is people telling me that, thank you for telling it like it is, you know, for not sugarcoating it or trying to pull five, five easy steps over my eyes or fill me with a bunch of platitudes, you know, Um, and this doesn't necessarily make my work as easy as some others, but I just believe in being honest with ourselves about who we are and what stands in our way and what our powers and our limitations are and and what resources we bring to bear on the work to be done and just I think I I believe ultimately this serves people um, because they know where they stand Mm
0: -hmm. yeah and there's a really deep integrity there and an honoring of their own self-knowledge and clarity which uh is is so i mean it serves people so well and they can tap into that right yeah well what i'm hearing is this um a real i mean i'm hearing that being humble is important to you that honoring the value of what you offer is important and that service is really important and and also integrity being really upfront with people and and saying what you believe Right. Yeah, I think that's. It's, I mean, it's. It's awesome that you have such clarity about that, and uh, I think it serves people really well, and and also has a big. It allows the work to have a big impact on them because it gets a lot of the the crap out of the way, for lack of a better word.
1: Right. Yeah. Lots well, of good word. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, uh, when you mentioned that you you. Um, you talked a bit about the workshop work that you do what are the ways that you think that your work impacts people? How, how do you think it affects them?
1: Wow. Um, well, I think one, one way is that my MO is generally asking questions. I mean, as you discovered in my Esalen workshop, Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, and there's something about asking people questions. People love to talk about themselves. They like to explore themselves. They like to be asked questions. And uh, and I think that ultimately they, they appreciate this self-discovery process that that propels them into. You know, and in, in a sense, what they're doing is I think they're clarifying what they know by hearing what they say, you know. And in, in that sense, in asking the questions, which I, I think... Uh, and, and I observe are fairly impactful for people. I'm, I'm just being the reporter that I am, <laughs> you know, uh, and I've always made my, my living asking questions. It's what I it's what I how I paid the rent ever since I left college. You um, it, it also comes from being the proud owner of a beginner's mind that's still on active duty, <laughs> you know, Which and
0: really valuable.
1: Yeah, it's critical um, in my opinion, and, and also just, uh, being my father's son, you know, I I talk about this in the vital science book is that my dad's favorite game to play with me and my two brothers was something he made up called the alien game, which, uh, taught us, um, to continually see the world through the eyes of aliens. Um, in other words, with fresh eyes. So uh, I think that, that curiosity is what I bring to my work, which I think, uh, appears to be impactful for people now, as far as the larger world uh, i mean that 's a little hard to judge uh, but here i'll i 'll share this right on the heels. This is ironic of saying that this game is not about self aggrandizement but i 'll share this as an example of of the piece about making an impact on the larger world I was on the on the phone uh two weeks ago with um the guy who bought vital signs. This is a fellow named Joel Fotinos. He's the vice president and publisher of Tarture Penguin. And, um, he said something that amazed me. Um, he said, I've been at Tarture Penguin for 20 years and a lot of books have come across my desk in 20 years. And, um, he said, but I have a small shelf right above my desk. Um, and there's a stack of books on that shelf. He said eight to be exact. Mm-hmm. And whenever I leave Tarcher Penguin, whenever that is, um, they're going to be the books I will have been the most proud to have published because they are the ones that I believe will make the most powerful and enduring impact in the world. He said vital signs is on that stack. Wow. So there's that, <laughs>
0: Well, and that's amazing to hear. I, Joel is actually the publisher of uh, a friend of mine. She's published a number of books, and, and ah. he's the publisher she's worked with, and she has nothing but great things to say about him. And, yeah. and he also has a very large perspective on what's being published. And so that's an amazing tribute to you and your work that he's... yes, is. Yeah.
1: And, and it speaks to some of, um, I guess, the impact that my work is having in the world, whether I know it or not.
0: Yeah, and I, I think, I mean, I understand what you're saying about the self-aggrandizement aspect and, and <laughs> you're wanting to remain grounded in the work that you're doing, but also having some clarity about the larger impact that you have, I would think that it has an effect on how you bring yourself into the world with that kind of knowledge. Is, is that true?
1: Uh, yes, you know, life, in the same breath, I have to say that life itself has a way of balancing Mm -hmm. my ego out on a regular basis. (laughs) Right. And all of us. Yeah. (laughs) You know, uh, because I remember this from the book tour that I went on for the for my last book, uh, which was Callings. Um, Random House sent me on a two month book tour. It was just ego heaven.
0: <laughs> you know,
1: two months they put me up, they had they were driving me around in limos. This is back in the 90s when when publishers were throwing a lot more money around than they are nowadays. Right. Um and uh putting me up in nice hotels and major major media. I mean, it was just so heady. And that was such an object lesson for me in trying to keep a balance, which is that one day I'm getting a standing ovation from 700 people in a church in Kansas city. And the next day I'm throwing up in, in a toilet in San Francisco from some bad takeout. Oh man. You know, one day I'm on a major national, um, uh, talk show in Canada called the Deanie Petty show, which is like their version of Oprah. And that the very next day I'm collapsed on the sidewalk at the Toronto airport, because rather than letting the limo driver pull my suitcases out of the trunk, I reached down and grabbed it and pulled my back out. Oh no. So life just has a way of routinely bringing me back, you know, to to planet earth. And it's kind of always been that way. And, you know, Joel tells me this wonderful thing and at the same time i'm I'm having postpartum depression right now because I've come off my my six month book tour for vital signs and where's all the applause and the adulation and the <laughs> and, you know the book sales and the signings and you know so there's there's a wonderful balance and i'm I'm in touch with the 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 sine wave of it all
0: yeah and it's it's great that you're riding the wave of whatever that wherever <laughs> that brings you so Right. Cool. Yeah. Are Are you? Do you find that there are issues or or problems or obstacles that you've come across in in trying to have this impact, or or at least, I mean, when you started off writing, um, vital signs, for example, did you did you have a particular impact you wanted to have in mind, and were there things that kind of got in your way?
1: Oh my God! yes! <laughs> I mean obstacles I mean, it wouldn't be a hero's journey without obstacles. I mean, Joseph Campbell called it the road of trials um so yes, the answer is uh, most assuredly, yes um you know so here's here's one way that that some of these obstacles come up in this book and the last one, and everything else I've ever done, frankly, in life. um I have always had as I think a lot of people do this idea of, I want to change the world. I want to make a difference. Um, and frankly, how the hell do you know when you've achieved a goal like that? (laughs) You know, what are the metrics here? It's just, it's too vague. You know, um, I mean, technically speaking, I change the world when I buy organic rather than non-organic food. You know, I change the world if I step on an ant or if I say something nice to somebody, uh, you know what I'm saying. Um, mm-hmm. So I've kind of had to reel myself in a little bit over the years um, and ask, where can I truly make a difference? You know, It's like that um, Frederick Beakner quote, "Where do my particular gifts, um, where can they be used to address something that the world needs or a place where the world is amiss? And to really to really try to hone that question down is, where can I really make a difference?" And, um, you know, and I've also had to work to convince myself that changing one person's life matters and not shrug it off because it's just one person. It's not the whole world. And what difference does it make? You know, I, I, one of the best pieces of advice I ever got years ago was from a, a friend of mine who also has taught workshops over the years. He goes, Greg, never cancel a class for lack of enrollment. Because you never know, one, two, three, four, five people, Um, the difference you can make in somebody's life and the concentric effect of that can be quite profound. Um, Just keep showing up and showing up and showing up. This is what I do. This is who I am. This is what I have to offer.
0: I love that perspective because yeah. so many people get very strategic about, well, is this a good use? Is this a good return on investment? And looking at it from the perspective of the individuals that you're interacting with, it's absolutely, there's, it's a no-brainer kind of answer to the question of do I, sh- do I cancel or do I not? Because right. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And I've got a, I've got a box. This is under the heading of having to convince myself that changing one person's life matters and not shrug it off just because it's one person yeah. um, and not everybody. So I have this box in a closet in my office. And what it, what's in the box is letters that I've received over the years from individual people, you know, readers, people who've attended my workshops, that sort of thing. And what these letters attest to is the difference that my work my service made in their lives and sometimes i read these letters just to remind myself that it matters that i'm here doing my work in the world you know and uh i remember running across this this issue when i was working as a reporter at the cincinnati inquirer this is back in mostly in my 20s and i realized at some point after a few years of doing that that i wanted to have a wider impact and not just be writing for a local or a regional newspaper, but a national one, all right? Mm -hmm. And um, so I went to work for USA Today, and then I quit that to become a freelance writer who was writing for national magazines, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, I know that I've also run across obstacles when... When I've realized that even getting articles published in national magazines um, didn't, you know, it didn't change the world. It didn't create any shift in public opinion. You know, it's like nobody awakened the president. I don't understand this, (laughs) you know, and, um, you know, maybe there'll be a letter to the editor three months down the road, you know, so I was forced to keep coming back. And I guess this is my point. Keep coming back to the love of the work itself.
0: Hmm.
1: You know, the, the love of the interviewing, in my case, the researching, the writing. In other words, to, to um, focus my attention on primary motivation rather than secondary motivation. Right. In other words, the love of the thing, the challenge, the charge of doing it for itself rather than the payoffs
0: mm-hmm.
1: or the fame or the money or the influence or whatever. You know, and um, and, you know, this is set against the backdrop of just the, the general challenge of making some rough piece with my own limitations, you know, with my life as it is rather than how I prefer it to be. Um, just in other words, focusing continually on what I have rather than what I don't have. Mm-hmm. So these are some of the obstacles that I've just generally come up against, not only as a writer, but as an entrepreneur.
0: Yeah, and, and returning to that place of your, as you call it, your primary motivation of whatever is coming out of you that wants to be expressed, that wants to be put out into the world, that's really the ultimate motivation, because you may or may not get this kind of feedback, and maybe not necessarily immediately.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. And so I think we need to continually come back to um, just our
0: our passion for the work, hmm yeah and that's that's so powerful to hear that because i I think sometimes we look for things outside of ourselves and really it's it's uh certainly it's a reciprocal sort of back and forth thing you yep. want your work to be received and you get feedback from that as to whether it's valuable um, but it has to keep coming from you as well absolutely yeah do you do you talk about the impact that you want to have with your with your clients with the people that you that you work with do you talk about them about with them about your own feelings of, of uh, or, or the way in which you want to have impact
1: oh oh absolutely oh, in fact um on the opening page of my website i i have a mission statement um that's um, going to sort of paraphrase this but um it says my work and my passion are getting to the heart of what what makes you passionate
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and I state it right there. I know, I know there's another line and there's something about helping people come alive. Oh, I know. And finding, um, both a passion and living passionately. So yeah, I, 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 I stayed it right there. I do it in the beginning of most of my workshops too. I, I tell people that what I want is for them to be able to walk away from this workshop with a body of data that they generate from their own experience, their own lives, their own files that will help them uh, find and follow their own paths of passion and calling. So, yeah, I I definitely talk about the impact I want to have.
0: I love that you have that clarity that you put it right up there at the, at the front page of your website. Yeah. I, on at the beginnings of workshops. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, I, I, um, I uh, there's a wonderful book out there that I recommend to people if they wanna really cut out a lot of static and focus in on what why they're here. And I mean in the biggest sense. Uh, it's a book called The Path. Mm-hmm. And it's by a woman named Lori Beth Jones. And The Path is a book, a little book, something you can read in an evening, about how to create a mission statement. And I just think it's um, you know. I think it's a critical piece to really hone it down to why am I here? What is my work? How do I want to spend my time on Earth? And to be able to communicate to potential clients and customers and constituents, for that matter, what your work is about.
0: Yeah, that's a great tool. And, and to focus on that effort of of getting really clear is so important. When I work with clients, it's one of the things we spend a lot of time on because that clarity is what carries people in every aspect of their business, how they yeah. choose to, what they choose to offer, how they choose to relate to clients and the, the folks that they have helping them deliver Absolutely. their product or service, their marketing, it all, it impacts everything.
1: Absolutely, and it starts, you know, in your own backyard. It starts with the, the, the leadership.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, you, one of the questions I remember you would... Um, emailed me, uh, that you were going to ask was about what advice I had
0: mm-hmm.
1: for, for business owners about, um, you know, how they could have more of an impact. And so, you know, this, I'll just spin off of this conversation about the, the mission statements. I, I would say it's critical to identify all the ways that you can share your message and your ministry, if I can use that word with others. um, Ministry, just in the sense of being of service to others, Mm -hmm. you know, not, in other words, not just through your business, how you can share your, your um, uh, message with the world, but how you, how you conduct that business, how you relate to other people all the way up and down the the, the ladder for that matter, you know, um, how you respond to obstacles and challenges and setbacks for that matter, maybe most importantly, how you talk to yourself. You know, um, it's like uh, in my particular profession, and I suppose this goes for entrepreneurs maybe generally, is rejection is a big part of the game. Mm-hmm. Customers saying no is a big part of the game. But it that's not, in my opinion, that's not the rejection. The rejection is what happens in the conversation you have with yourself afterwards where you beat yourself up or you tell yourself you're an idiot or I didn't do this right, or what I'm doing isn't of value or, you know, whatever. It's this conversation we have with ourselves. That's part of how we conduct business too, you know? And, um, so I, that, that would be a, a piece of advice I would have. And, you know, I look at, remember the brainstorming exercise we did in the workshop? Yes. Um, the brainstorming technique Is based on one single question and that is in how many ways can I right Um, so in how many ways can I um, share my message with others in how many ways can I have an impact on the world and how many ways can I deal with my own resistance in how many ways can I generate the support of others so I think that using that technique to figure out all the different ways you can share your work your service even your product with other people Um, I think is a really useful exercise. Not just think of it as I'm only going to offer my service through this one particular channel, which is my 9 to 5 Monday through Friday life. Um, When there's multitudes of ways to share our teachings and our messages and our services with other people. So that would be something I would offer to people.
0: Yeah, I think you're so right. I think it is... Every aspect of our lives that matter, how we bring ourselves to the world, what kind of energy you bring to every interaction, whether it 's in your business or in your personal life and it's it 's so much about um, having clarity about that and thinking through and feeling your way through that process of how do i want to how do I want to be in the world and looking at it from every perspective is is it's so powerful and it's also so much an agent of change and transformation in our own lives in a really positive way if we can start to look at every interaction in that way
1: absolutely i think so it's all it's all part of doing business it's all part of uh interacting with the world
0: yeah and I, i i mean i love the wide ranging conversation we've had because it really goes from the level of the individual and what you're you're bringing into you your world in every moment all the way to the larger impact that uh, that you're certainly having in in communities of people and and beyond i mean that story about um your publisher being having your book as one of the eight that he uh that he has and he's he's in this realm of of uh of of seeing people's ideas being brought out in the world and the the effect that it's having that's that was a really powerful story so so thank you for sharing all of that greg i it's been so amazing to talk with you about this and i i know that you're having an impact in the world because i know from not only the workshop i was in but for me personally but everyone there uh, had uh, an amazing experience of exploring that aspect of their lives for themselves, their authenticity, their passion, and what they want to be uh, doing in the world. And uh, so um, I so appreciate you sharing all of that with us, as well as the some of the obstacles that you've come up against and and how you've dealt with them. So I I think it's, it's going to be really powerful for people to uh, reflect on that for themselves. So thank you for for sharing all of that today and for uh, for being my guest here.
1: Yeah, I, I. if you don't mind, I have one parting thing I'd like to share. Please, yeah. Yeah, um, this is just around this whole issue of impact, of having an impact. Um, I guess I realized this for myself some years ago and it's really been a touchstone for me over the years. Um, and that is that I think that Ultimately, the difference that any one of our individual lives is going to make in terms of human history or, or human consciousness or human evolution or human suffering, for that matter, um, is kind of like throwing a stone into a lake, but science tells us that because that stone is now lying on the bottom, the level of the water had to have risen. You know what I'm saying? Ar- I mean, Archimedes taught us that sitting in his bathtub,
0: right.
1: right? The rub, of course, is that you can't ever measure it. So, yes, Archimedes taught us this while he was sitting in his bathtub hundreds of years ago. Um, but, but the rub is that we, can, we can't ever measure it. You know, how much the, the, the water goes up because we're, we've got a stone in there. You know, we have to take this entirely on faith and um, that it matters that we are here and doing our, our proverbial thing and that the level of the water will necessarily rise. And in my opinion, this is um, faith that only begins if it begins where knowledge and measurement leave off. Hmm. And so I just wanted to share that piece. There's something about just having a sense of faith, whether you have a faith practice is beside the point, but having some faith that it does matter that you are contributing your gift to the world and helping the world's deep hunger.
0: I love that aspect that you've introduced there because it's uh, sometimes we are operating on faith and it's, it's an important element it's an important aspect so absolutely yeah thank you for bringing that into the conversation too that's sure. that's awesome so uh again thank you for your many insights it's uh, always amazing to be in conversation with you greg so um thank thanks again for doing this and if people want to get in touch with you what's the best way for them to reach you
1: Oh well, world headquarters these days is uh, my <laughs> website. Uh, so it's www.greglevoy.com, and it's G R E G G L E V O Y dot com.
0: Okay, great. And there's a there's an email connection on the website yes. if they want to connect with you personally. Absolutely. Okay, yes. awesome. And I know you've got some upcoming speaking and workshops, so people can check out on the website where wherever they are. Yes. for opportunities to to see you and talk with you um, in their own where they are as well.
1: Yes, indeed.
0: Wonderful. Okay, great. So, thanks again, Greg, and uh, to everyone listening. Please join us for more po- podcasts on Impact. Uh, You can subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast channel on iTunes so you'll be notified as soon as new podcasts are available. Thank you to everyone listening for being here. And until next time, keep that positive flow of energy going in your business so you can have your own impact.
1: Thank you for inviting me to participate and I wish you great good luck with the podcasts.